Welcome to the first edition of our audio news service. This is a news service from the Clinical Audit Support Centre where myself and Tracy Ruthven take a look back at the events of the last three months to update you on what has been happening in the world of clinical audit. We plan to produce news broadcasts on a quarterly basis and this edition of our news service looks back at the first three months of 2007. So I'm going to hand over to Tracy. Cast your mind back to January, Tracy, and tell us what were the main things that you can remember. Well, undoubtedly, the main news from January 2007 was the publication of the National Audit Office report um, relating to progress for the implementation of clinical governance within primary care trusts. The report itself, it focused on all aspects of clinical governance delivery, but there were a number of sections relating specifically to clinical audit and I'm sure that professionals working in the field would have been very interested to have a look at those. The publication itself, well it wasn't entirely complimentary about the delivery of clinical audit in primary care. It contained a number of recommendations and they were particularly around the training of staff in both evidence-based practice and clinical audit and the report also talked about increasing the focus on the development of multidisciplinary audits between PCTs and providers. The report it also talked about clinical audit programmes being largely in place, which is great news. Um, multidisciplinary audits agreed with PCTs, though they're not very well established. It was also found that GPs take part in regular clinical audit projects and that they have audit programmes in place. Whilst the majority of community pharmacists, they're not necessarily taking part in regular audit activities and more needs to be done to try and address this. Was there anything you wanted to pick up on, Stephen? Well, I think just to say that uh, it was nice to see Gloucester Primary Care and Community Audit Group getting a mention within the report. For those of you that have seen the report, there's quite a nice little case study on the work that's being undertaken in Gloucester. And I think uh, for a long time I've been a, a big admirer of the work of people like Rosemary Clifford and John Bailey at Gloucester. So congratulations to them for uh, getting the recognition that they deserve and being included in the NAO document. And just to say, for those of you interested in the report, it can be obtained via the National Audit Office website which is www.nao.org.uk. So that's January dealt with. On to February, different month, different national publication. In February, we saw on the 21st of February the publication of the white paper, Trust, Assurance and Safety. Now, I'm sure most of you working in clinical audit will be very interested in that document. And it's noticeable that much of the content builds on the Chief Medical Officer's report in 2006, Good Doctors, Safer Patients. For those of you that aren't familiar with trust, assurance and safety, uh, it raised a number of key points. Firstly, that clinical audit will in time become an important component of recertification for most specialties and it will be very interesting to see how that objective is met. The white paper also suggested that local clinical audit needs to be linked more to clinical governance and that clinical audit needs to be revitalised. Now I'm not entirely sure what that's going to involve but I'm sure there are some audit colleagues working in the UK who will be very much looking forward to undergoing revitalisation in the coming months. 
Also noticeable from trust assurance and safety was the suggestion that there is a need to further develop national audits and develop the national audit programme and I guess that's something that I certainly wouldn't disagree with. So they were the main highlights for me. I know Tracy's looked at the document in a lot of detail so what caught your eye Tracy? Well for me one of the key objectives of the report was reaffirming that a wide and inclusive national clinical audit advisory group should be established. I think that's something we'd certainly welcome, although it'll be interesting to see how the new group's established and what it will mean for organisations such as the National Audit and Governance Group. I think if I've got one hope for the new national group is that it does engage clinical audit professionals from across the country. Um, hopefully there's going to be a wide application process and it allows clinical audit staff at the coalface the opportunity to take part in this group. Obviously the last thing we want is for the group to just be a group of strategists without any practical experience of undertaking clinical audits. One last point that might be worth noting is that the white paper mentions there's going to be some additional funding um, certainly being made available to help revitalise audit in England. Not sure what that precisely means, but uh, I don't think audit staff will necessarily be expecting a pay increase uh, anytime soon. Overall though, the white paper is definitely worth a read and you can access the full version online via the Department of Health website. Coming away from policy documents for a moment, I'm sure that many of you may have attended the National Audit Conference in London during February. Members of the cast team exhibited and it was encouraging to see a healthy turnout with over 300 delegates present. For me, highlights included the presentation by Chris Swannell from UBHT in Bristol and Christine Johnson from the National Patient Safety Agency. I was also fortunate enough to take part in a lively and interesting debate on the value of National Audit Programme and this ended in a hard-fought draw. Moving on to March, we at the Clinical Audit Support Centre announced that Principles for Best Practice in Clinical Audit, I guess the book regarded by many as the Clinical Audit Bible, will be updated and revised. Um, the book was first published in 2002 and it's now rather out of date, so we're planning on refreshing the materials and engaging clinical audit professionals and national organisations in writing new sections for the book. Obviously the book will remain theoretically sound, but we also hope to make the new version more practical. And with this in mind, we'd be very interested in hearing from audit professionals who may have an audit project that they want to include in the new document. If you have a piece of work that you feel is suitable for inclusion in the new book, please visit our website where you'll be able to find out more information about registration. But please be aware that the final date for submissions is the 1st of July 2007. In other news, it's nice to see that the National Audit and Governance Group, aka NAG, have thoroughly modernised their website and introduced a range of new features. This includes an interactive voting forum, an online discussion forum and also an events calendar. Clearly the changes have improved the website and we'd really encourage more audit professionals to log on to the site. The web address is www.nag.co.uk. Um, you can also read the latest minutes uh, from NAG meetings and find out generally what the group is up to. Away from audit at a national level, it was sad to see our former team at Leicestershire Pika close their doors for the final time in March 2007. We spent over nine years working at Leicestershire PCAG and we thoroughly enjoyed our time there. It's good to see that PCAG staff have been assimilated in the new organisations and all have jobs within the new PCT and we'd like to take this opportunity to wish our colleagues well. 
Aside from news, we also wanted to use this broadcast to make you aware of some useful resources. So we're introducing a new feature called Website of the Quarter. Here at the Clinical Audit Support Centre, we know that a lot of you struggle with sample size calculations and during our work with NHS teams, we often find that audits are based on unrepresentative samples. If you struggle working out sample sizes for your audits, you may be interested in Rayosoft's free sample size calculator. This is an excellent online resource that calculates appropriate samples for you. We would advise that to gain a representative sample is that you adopt 95% confidence with a 5% or less margin of error. You can access the website by logging on to www.rayosoft, spelled R-A-O-S-O-F-T, Dot com forward slash sample size dot html. Finally in this broadcast there are a number of up and coming events and conferences that you might be interested in finding out more about. On the 7th of June the South East Clinical Effectiveness Network, SECAN, are holding their annual conference at the ARC Centre in Basingstoke. Uh, the event looks like a good balance of keynote speakers and workshops including Jane Moore, from the Department of Health and Steve Sparks from NICE. There's also the intriguing prospect of a workshop entitled Dial A for Audit, Who Needs Brad Pitt When There's Alfred Hitchcock? For more information about the conference, visit the Seacon website, which is www.seacon.co.uk. Meanwhile, healthcare events have announced a number of clinical audit conferences including details of Clinical Audit 2008, which will once again be held at Savoy Place in London at the start of February. They're also running a one-day conference on the 13th of September in Manchester, looking at providing a practical guide to delivering effective clinical audit. There are a number of excellent speakers, including Graham Copeland and Ben Bridgewater. More information on both events can be found at the Healthcare Events website. Unfortunately, time has beaten us and we must now draw this newscast to a close. Look out for our next news update that will look back at events and developments in the world of audit from April to June. This will be available at the start of July 2007. So until then, it's goodbye from the two of us. This broadcast was recorded on the 30th of April 2007 and is copyrighted to Clinical Audit Support Centre. Reproduction of this download is prohibited. Rebroadcast of this work is forbidden without the express written consent of the Clinical Audit Support Centre team.